0: Expecting perfection in all that we do leaves no room for potential growth as our inner cheerleader can get stomped out when perfectionism becomes the main goal. This invites that nasty imposter syndrome to creep in, making us feel like we don't belong in the world we have worked so hard to create for ourselves. I'm Dr. Jessica Metcalf, and this is Speak Kindly, You're Listening. Don't forget to check out the book with the same name that inspired it all, soon to be on Amazon, November 17th, 2022. With me today is Dr. Sasha Saska. She's the CEO of Feminuity, a global strategy firm partnering with startups through Fortune 500 companies to build diverse teams, equitable systems, inclusive products, and company cultures. Sarah is a TEDx speaker and has been featured on CBC's The National and Fast Company. On today's episode, Dr. Sarah will share some wonderful insight on how prioritizing you and your needs will kick negativity to the curb, allowing yourself to reach your full potential. Let's get started and enjoy the show. Sarah, it is an absolute pleasure to have you on Speak Kindly, You're Listening, and I appreciate your purpose and mission to continue to empower others the way that you do. Was there ever a point in time when you really started to listen to that voice and you noticed the inner voice
1: was really mean to you? Definitely. Definitely. You know, the voice was always there. Um, I think it probably got louder and a bit meaner through you know undergrad and say my master's and definitely into my PhD. But I think I sort of just became conscious of that voice and was able to actually name it, probably not until like the first or second year of my PhD process. So maybe a little late in the game. But I think it was sort of the realization of being able to name it. And, and now that it was even there, like the consciousness around it was the huge piece for me.
0: It's interesting where you said, because you navigated me through that progression, right from undergrad into master's and then into PhD. And as you started to reach that next level of education, mm-hmm. did it get meaner? Did it get louder? What made you finally realize that it was something that, whoa, what am I saying to
1: myself? Yeah, it definitely got louder. It got so loud. I think at a certain point in grad school that it was sort of keeping me in a state of paralysis because I was afraid to do things wrong. Like the sort of the imposter syndrome really kicked in. I know a lot of folks talk about sort of having those experiences get sort of exacerbated in grad school or professional sort of programs and so forth. And so for me, it just got really intense at that stage. And then it meant that I was procrastinating, you know, my significant deliverables for the PhD program because I was just scared of like not doing it well enough. And so that voice was keeping me sort of from even, you know, doing what I needed to do. So I guess like that's where it became a problem, right? Because it was literally getting in my way. When it
0: got in your way and you started to notice it, like the procrastination, which a lot of us can fall into that because the voice becomes so loud and mean and putting it off means that we don't necessarily have to hear the voice at that time, right? What would you say to yourself in order to then get yourself into doing what needs to be delivered or getting yourself out of that rut as well?
1: So a really a good friend of mine uh, named Carlin Purcell. Carlin she does a lot of really cool work around emotional intelligence and, and stuff with, with some leading companies, especially in the Toronto context. And I had been in a talk uh, that she delivered and she actually named her voice. I think she gave it a name name, like Sassy Susan, or I don't remember what she named it exactly, but I was like, okay, let's give this a name. And then it was easier to sort of go into dialogue with it. And so my sort of statements, I remember at the time or that were really helpful were things like... I can do really hard things and then sort of recapping, Hey, I've done some really cool, fun, interesting things that, you know, at a previous time in my life, I didn't think that I could do. So why can't I do it again? And I was sort of like introduced that sort of mindset to myself. And I think that was really helpful when
0: you were noticing that shift. Cause I love that is the one thing that I teach my clients is when we put a name to it, it then separates okay. it from our identity at that point in yeah. time. And it doesn't have to yeah. belittle us. So when you started mm-hmm. to name it and you started to see it for what it was, and you could tell yourself that you could do hard things. Did you notice that you were catching yourself with that voice? And it started to come up and you're like, why is it even here now? Like I know you exist, but yeah, I don't have to listen to you. Totally.
1: Yeah. I think I started to liken it more to elevator music in the background that I didn't have to choose to, you know, fully listen to and engage. Like, yeah, it was buzzing around back there, but uh, it made it not sort of take center stage as much.
0: Nice. And when you started to make that shift and so the reframe of it, did you create a new inner
1: voice and name that one as well? I didn't. Although I think that would be an interesting idea for sure. Is that something you would like sort of, you advise your clients?
0: Yeah. So that's actually, so when we start to give that opportunity, because it's really easy at times for us to see the negative and because our mind and our body connection really imprints the negative aspect, we can then start to change and create that new inner voice, give it a name draw it out and thank you for coming into fruition because we can now see it. So as you started to move forward and you could start to hear that new inner voice or that inner voice that you wanted to
1: be hearing, what else was it saying to you? The new inner voice? I remember at the time I was thinking a lot about little sarah younger sarah or future sarah and what i would have wanted for her say or what i you know want for her moving forward and when i framed it like that it was kind of interesting cuz i'm like okay well in current state i need to be nicer to you know this version you know if i want x to be true in the future if i want to feel some of the things that you know a previous me didn't get or or sort of needed and bringing that into
0: today and yeah. with all of your accolades and everything that's been going on, do you ever find that that inner voice can still pop up?
1: Absolutely. I think it pops up when I'm not being, you know, super conscious about taking care of me, right. And making sure that all my sort of needs are are met, right. Too often, you know, as a a small business owner with a team working in industry that we actually care deeply about, it's easy to put me aside, right? Because I care a lot about the business and the team and our mission care a whole heck of a lot. So, but that's when I'll find the voice will get louder. So it means I need to check in with myself. I'm like, am I hungry? (laughs) Am I tired? Yeah. Uh, Get some fresh air. Do I need to move my body? Like what are these basics that I haven't covered for myself? you know, go through that list first. And then if the voice is still, you know, really sort of singing strong, then maybe that's when I need to kind of have that conversation or even just write the things out sometimes.
0: Something you touched on right there was taking care of yourself. And it is so easy at times, especially self-led, motivated, high achieving women, where we end up putting ourselves kind of on the lower scale of things because, our missions and our purposes, we really step into and having teams and wanting to take care of them. And then our personal Mm -hmm. lives with family and friends. So how do you make yourself a priority?
1: One of the things that I guess has been sort of helpful around figuring out how to make myself a priority is just like trying to shift away from a culture of immediacy, right? Understanding like the work is going to be there. Clients are there, teams are there. For sure, sometimes there's fires and things are wildly time sensitive, but overall, things can wait for you to take a breath, to take a sip of water, right? To sort of put yourself first so that you can then come to whatever you need to deal with, with you know a bit more energy, a bit more you know of you. And
0: when you decide at that point in time that your priority, and let's talk about burnout here for a second, because- Especially us heading into this post pandemic era, which I like to call a pandemic hangover, because there's going to be a lot of emotions and aspects that we're going to be navigating for the next decade. And when we start to step into that and we're really taking into account how we choose to take care of ourselves while still doing what we want to be doing, stepping into that mission without heading into burnout, how do we start to then? Make sure that those aspects of how we choose to speak to ourselves doesn't turn into that inner gremlin, which I like to call being the prominent voice that digs us into a deeper, darker hole.
1: The voice for me has always been really tied to sort of inadequacy, right? Feelings of like imposter syndrome, just simply not being good enough, like whatever that is. It's always rooted in lack. And so for me, the ulterior frame on that is tied to perfectionism, right? Like, well, what are you lacking? Like, what is that standard anyways? And so in our field of practice, being in the you know diversity, equity, inclusion sort of space, equity conversations are at the forefront. And we were doing a lot of research on white supremacy say, and what are the characteristics and qualities and attributes that contribute to the white supremacy, right? In, in the workplace, in organizations as a whole, like in, in the world. And if you really break down some of the qualities and characteristics, perfectionism is one of them. So as soon as I sort of like learned about the idea of, oh, perfectionism is tied to and reinforcing of a white supremacist culture, I was like, wow, like this is actually something I really need to shuffle out for sure for my own good and the voice and all these things. But like, because of my stated values as someone who gives, you know, some cares about the world and actually wants to be sort of part of social justice movements, right? Like for me as a leader and, you know, in this space, like if we want to actively be supporting all of the sort of isms and forms of inequity or, you know, things like Black Lives Matter and the sort of broader racial justice movement, we cannot be reinforcing uh, white supremacist culture through these values. So that like, you know, traces all the way back to I have to shift away from perfectionism. And so this voice needs to shut the heck up, right? Like yes. otherwise, once I framed it out like that, I was like, okay, there's no going back. This has to change.
0: Oh, that was so powerful that you just said because that's the point right there. Is as soon as you're given a different perspective and it connects with you, that's when you start to give yourself mm-hmm. the permission to make those changes and speak kinder words to yourself. So Would you say with where you are right now and us heading into, again, a different shift that's happening in this post-pandemic era, what would you say Mm -hmm. that your inner voice is saying to you at this point in time?
1: It's gotten a bit quieter. I also think that's due to being tired, feeling like those feelings of burnout and so forth. It's just sort of beaten down because I think, because I'm just tired too, which is sort of, I think, leaving more space for that voice of... I don't know which voice it is, but the one that's like, you need to take care of you and it's not sustainable to sort of keep moving forward in the same way. Right. Like the fall and beyond. Uh there needs to be sort of more prioritization of health and balance and and sort of all these things in order to be able to keep doing the work.
0: Yeah. This is actually a great point because we I was just having this conversation with a couple of friends where COVID happened and everyone's schedules got wiped clean. So it's as if we had that fresh start, right? And everyone started to recheck their priorities. But then when the world started opening Mm -hmm. up again, it's almost as if we just filled our schedule again. So that inner voice where you said, where it's quieting down a little bit, it's being able to say, okay, it's time to rest again. It's time to be able to step in and take care of yourself. And so that voice is just as important. And I think that going back to that perfectionism Mm -hmm. mindset where it is so easy to dismiss it that rest isn't productive, that we shouldn't be able to go inwards, right? So what would you say is something that as you're going inwards over the next few months that you are hoping to achieve from that?
1: Yeah, I think a big one for me is ending my relationship with ADHD related medications, like somewhere along the lines in, you know, an undergrad, I started taking a drug called Vyvanse prescribed, of course. And I'd say what I've really, you know, stepping back and really sort of thinking through this, what I have really realized is that the negative side effects of the drug have really become so strong at this point that it's really disrupting my quality of life. You know, and I only ever started this because it was like I needed to, you know, do things better and more efficiently. And, you know, all these like words that reinforce perfectionism, I needed to do it, you know, quicker and better, faster, harder, whatever it may be. But once we sort of throw that out the window, I think it becomes clear that this isn't sort of the pathway for me. Right. And it's not to say lots of other folks, you know, I know require certain supportive drugs to do life. And that's totally cool. But I I think at this stage in my life, you know, it's impacting the quality of my sleep. It increases anxiety. It has all sorts of other sort of negative side effects that I just, I think the cost benefits not there anymore. And I wouldn't have got here with this thinking process if I hadn't sort of reevaluated ideas around perfectionism and, and sort of why I'm doing this in the first place.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that. Cause I think at times there's a misconception of whether it's an anti-anxiety medication an anti-depression medication or ADHD medication that once we start, we have to be committed to it for the rest of our life. And Mm -hmm. you just gave a massive permission to yourself to take a step back, look at that bird's eye view and say, well, what's going on with my quality of life right there? And as you start to move through that, what would you say to other women who may be in a very similar situation and are experiencing those side effects as well and wondering, well,
1: what are the next steps that I should consider at this point? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I think for me, it's really just getting clear on the why. I do think a lot of drugs like this are sort of over prescribed and often sort of abused, you know, and used sort of beyond their utility. It's definitely really normalized to take these, you know, this sort of class of medications in academic institutions, like learning environments. I remember being an undergrad where on a Thursday night, there are people walking around the library, sort of halls and selling drugs like this to students who are, you know, cramming or trying to write that essay overnight. I think it's just really evaluating sort of why you started taking the drug, what are the sort of pros and cons for you, you know, and I know for a lot of people, it really like the side effects are minimal and the, you know, the positives are, are great, but I just, I hadn't stopped to think about it. So I think just taking the pause and just reassessing also, you know, there's so many other sort of modalities and ways of supporting yourself and your needs, right. That you can kind of sometimes pair that with a medication and um, look at just different ways of managing these kind of things. Yeah.
0: Key thing you said there was looking at yourself as a whole, and it's not just one specific thing that's going to fix everything that's going on. It's really starting to evaluate and give ourselves the opportunity to sit and ask ourselves, going back to the why, like you said, and looking into, okay, do I want to sustain this high achieving mentality lifestyle, or what does that look like? And I'm allowed to readjust it yeah. throughout my entire life. So if my goals and aspirations that I have right now, they may not be that in about 5 years and they're allowed to change because we evolve as humans. Oh, I love this. Totally.
1: Love this so much. And what you just said there, it also it really reminded me of chasing credentials and, you know, chasing traditional proxies of merit. I kind of had a realization in the last couple of years that was just like, why did I want all these degrees? What was like when did I ever stop to think about the why? You know, what what drove me into all these things and why have I sort of chased these different sort of awards and sort of accolades? And and when I really stepped back, it was like, that's really tied to external validation in so many ways. And to what end, right? Like, you know, some of it's that critical voice, I guess, right?
0: Oh, I love how you just brought that external validation aspect in because when we start to navigate that inner voice and that inner gremlin comes up, it's part of that, it's reaching for that external validation because it's comparing yourself to others. It's mm-hmm. seeking okay, like you mm-hmm. said, what is that next credential? I mean, at times I even sit mm-hmm. at, and listen and say, well, I'm just a dentist. And it's just like, well, geez, I could, took me a long time to get to get to that point too. but that voice can be so critical. And so when we give ourselves the opportunity to speak kinder to ourselves, And we get to evaluate and really Mm -hmm. step into and define what is it that I want to be doing? What is it that makes me happy? And how do I want to spend Mm -hmm. my days? What would you say? Mm -hmm. How do you give yourself permission to speak
1: kindly to yourself now? Yes. I don't know. For me, it's not about like permission thing. It's more just, I just have these different statements or things that I just have, in places, you know, jotted down or on my phone. And I just like say them to myself, right? Like these sort of different affirmations or reminders that just sort of work to curb the voice. They're more now, right? Like they know like, Hey, it's your time. Come back. <laughs> yes, it is. And
0: I think that as we start to make that shift from inner gremlin to, I like to call it, you can call it different names, but inner cheerleader, inner goddess, inner warrior, whatever that sounds like, right? And when you know that that voice is there and it becomes the more prominent
1: voice, it becomes easier Mm -hmm. to hear it as well. Yeah. Totally. And to actually believe it, right? Like to let it sort of settle. and
0: Yeah. That I would say is the absolute key because you could be saying all the affirmations in the world. But if you don't believe mm-hmm. them, then it's not really doing you justice at that point. And so it's exactly where you said, where as soon as you heard yes. about that perfectionism topic and you were just like, whoa, I got to take a step back and I've got to reevaluate. So if you're using an affirmation yeah. right now that doesn't necessarily work for you, try a different one. Like, And that's totally fine. Yeah. Any last words that you want to leave with other self-led, motivated, high-achieving women that... Really notice that inner gremlin is the loudest right now. What would you want to say to them? I
1: love, I don't remember who it was that sort of shared this with me or taught it to me, but I really love the whole frame of, would you talk to, you know, your best friend or your mom or just someone you love with that voice? Mm -hmm. And if you wouldn't, why is it okay to sort of use that voice on, on yourself? So I really do love that a lot. And I think it's a good way to sort of do a litmus check of, hey, is this cool or is this just, you know, off the rails and just out of bounds? Yeah, so
0: powerful because a lot of the stuff that we say to ourselves, we would never say to someone else. So, oh, Sarah, thank you again so much for spending time and sharing your words of wisdom and stuff that's going on as well. When we talk about our inner voice and these challenges, it brings more of the women together. So then we're not off thinking that it's just me or I have to do it alone. So thank you so much.
1: Yeah, absolutely. These are really important conversations.
0: This episode is one of the reasons why I started this podcast to share behind the scenes of other high achieving women. We all don't go through the exact same thing, but the journey, the adventure, the hardships can present at any point in our career. And what gives us strength is knowing we don't have to go it alone. I know for me, when something new comes up, I don't fight it anymore. Instead, I reset my expectations so that I give myself the space to process. Is it challenging? (laughs) Yeah, Dr. Sasha shared that today. But you're also allowed to give yourself the permission to keep learning more about you so then you can keep evolving as a human too. Key takeaways from today, one, name your inner gremlin to make it easier to separate it from your identity. If you're looking for more support around this exercise, my book, Speak Kindly, You're Listening, which comes out November 17th, will help you guide through this brain training exercise. If you want to get more updates about the book, please check out the book portal at www.speakkindlyyou'relistening.com. Number two, Discover a way to prioritize you and your inner health needs to be the first step in your journey as you reach your goals. It's easy to get stuck in cycle after cycle of being overwhelmed, burnt out, and feeling like you're not good enough where that imposter syndrome creeps right in. So take those moments and take care of you in between stretching yourself towards that new goal. Every episode will have a reflection question and this is yours for today. What will you name your inner gremlin? I've definitely had many people share some fascinating names with me. And when you found your answer, send me a DM on Instagram or an email to info at drjessicametcalf.com. That's info at com. And when you hear your inner gremlin, ask yourself, would I say this to a loved one? And if your answer is no, then it's time for a reframe. Speak kindly. You're listening.